Today's episode of A New Beginning is brought to you by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. Learn more at harvest.org. And while you're there, browse our library of free ebooks designed to help you grow in your faith. You know, a word of encouragement. How helpful that is. It's like a fresh drink of water on a hot summer day. How many times has your day turned around when someone said a kind word? Pastor Greg Laurie urges us to extend that grace to someone else. It may be just what they need at just the right time. There's so much discouragement out there. And I think one of the greatest needs that we have as people is we need to be encouraged. Our words can be a powerful force for good. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. No matter who we are, what neighborhood we come from, whether we're famous, infamous, or unknown, we have something someone else wants. We have something someone else needs. We have a smile and a kind word. It's that simple. Maybe we don't have a dollar in our pocket, but a moment of kindness may be just what someone needs to get through their difficulty. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us follow the Bible's plan for the wise use of our words. back in the book of James. Who wants to get back into James? Again, yeah, me too. So it's a series we're calling Walk This Way, and we're in James chapter three. And the title of my message is Talk This Way. We've heard it said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Actually, that's not really true, is it? You can be very hurt by words. You go back to your childhood and maybe you remember some words that stayed with you. Something said to you by your parents or a teacher. Maybe they told you you would never amount to anything. That you would surely fail. Or someone said to you you're unattractive or you're overweight or, or you'll never amount to anything. And those things somehow stuck with you. Now turn that around. You might also remember words of encouragement where someone believed in you at hopefully with your parents, maybe your grandparents, maybe a teacher, maybe a coach, maybe a pastor. They said something to you that helped you and gave you hope. And it reminds us of the truth of Proverbs 18.21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. It's interesting that neuroscience has proven the impact that words can have on us. Two rock doctors wrote, in an article that was titled The Most Dangerous Word in the World. And they wrote, and I quote, if we were to put you in an MRI scanner and take a video of your brain and flash the word no less than one second, there would be a sudden release of dozens of stress-producing hormones and neurotransmitters. These chemicals immediately interrupt the normal function of your brain. They impair logic, reason, and communication. The article continues on. Yet positive words such as peace and love, peace and love, man, peace, (laughs) peace and love, alter the expression of genes, strengthening areas of our frontal lobes, 
promoting the brain's cognitive functioning. Isn't that interesting? So words really do matter. Even the President of the United States needs some encouragement. After President Lincoln was assassinated in the Ford Theater, uh, they found in the pocket of his jacket a worn out newspaper clipping that was praising him, saying Abraham Lincoln is one of the greatest statesmen of all time. And apparently, despite his amazing accomplishments as our president, many regard him as the greatest of all American presidents, President Lincoln got down and a little word of encouragement from that article was helpful to him. Proverbs 25, 11 says, the right word at the right time is like precious gold set in silver. And I would add to that, the wrong word at the wrong time can be devastating. We've heard these horrible stories of young people taking their lives when they read comments on their social media feeds, on their Instagram posts or whatever they might be and people mock them or, or put them down and this is so wounding and more than one young person has taken their life. And by the way, if you're a young person, these people don't mean anything. Who cares about these people living in their mother's basement? You know, <laughs> forget these people. Remember the words of God to you, how he loves you, his plan and his purpose for your life. But these words affect people and words do affect people. More people have died by words than any weapon that man has ever produced. Dedicated to God, our tongue, our words can be a powerful force for good. One of the greatest use of our words is to proclaim the gospel. To proclaim the gospel. But with that comes great responsibility. James says in James chapter 3 verse 3. Dear brothers and sisters. Not many of you should become teachers in the church. For we who teach will be judged more strictly. James is not discouraging us from sharing our scriptural insights. We should share what we learn from the word with other people. 1 Corinthians 14.26 says... Uh, when we come together, brothers and sisters, every one of you should have a song or a word of instruction. I never aspired to be a preacher or a speaker. I was a behind the scenes kind of a person. My interest was in art and design and drawing cartoons and uh, not standing in front of people. But I remember after I became a Christian, I had this burden to talk about what I'd learned and discovered. And I still remember the day I spoke up for the first time. I was in a little small Bible study group, high school students, and people were just sort of sharing what they read in the scripture. And I'd read something in the word that day, and I thought, should I share it? My heart's beating, beating, beating. And I, I finally blurted it out. And it was just great, because I thought, that's what the Lord showed me, and, and I'm thankful I can share it. But then one thing led to another, and I found myself speaking publicly, and I realized I needed to prepare myself uh, because uh, I am representing God. And that's why the Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, I've had people say to me, well, what's it like to stand in front of a huge crowd and speak? It must be really fun and thrilling. It isn't as thrilling as you think. Uh, the reality of it is I feel a real responsibility when I stand in front of any group of people and speak for God. 
And when I, because I know I'm a representative of God, just as you're a representative of God. And so I pray and I prepare and I study and want to have just the right words because I will be held accountable for what I say one day. My job as your pastor is to bring to you the Word of God. That's my job. I'm not here to be a political pundit. I'm not here to be a social commentator. I'm not here to be an entertainer or a comedian, though I, I'm very funny at times. <laughs> or at least I think I am. But I'm here to bring you God's Word, and I take that responsibility seriously. And we all should take that responsibility. We should use our words to build up and not tear down. Use your words to build up, not tear down. No one can tame the tongue, verse eight says. It's a restless, deadly poison. Sometimes it curses those who've been made in the image of God and sometimes it praises our Lord and Father. You know, a word of encouragement, how wonderful it is. Have you ever been down and had someone write you a letter of encouragement? Maybe it just happened that you opened an envelope and there was a card and someone just said something very thoughtful and kind. Then maybe they wrote it a week ago. But it got to you at the right moment or they shot you a quick text, or you ran into them and they just said these words. I just wanted to tell you this, how helpful that is. It's like a fresh drink of water on a hot summer day. Proverbs twenty five twenty five says, good news from far away is like cold water to the thirsty. And I think one of the greatest needs that we have as people is we need to be encouraged. There's so much discouragement out there. So many things that bring you down out there, especially if you scroll through social media and, uh, and have a constant diet uh, of media coming into your life, be it television or other things, it can really bring you down. And we need to encourage one another. When we come to church, we are here to encourage one another. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let's spur one another on toward love and good deeds don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and so much more as we see the day of the Lord approaching. The problem is some people don't know how to pay a compliment. It's called a complisult. Do you know what a complisult is? It's when someone is supposedly complimenting you and it's really barbed. Let me give you an example. They show up at your house and you say, wow, you're on time. <laughs> Which means you're usually late. How about this? You're a really good driver for a woman. Oh wait, what? <laughs> I can't say that. It's a couple of salt. How about this one? You look so good when you wear makeup. <laughs> what is that? So you look bad most of the time, but you'll look better now when you're painted, right? How about this one? You're so pretty. Why are you still single? Really? Uh, you look great for your age. <laughs> I've heard this one. Um, recently I was, I was getting uh, my suit tailored. I would like to say I was taking it in. I wasn't. I was wanting my suit to fit. And so uh, I don't know how I got on the topic. I said, well, I just turned 70. And literally the tailor said, what? I, I didn't say I'm dead. I said I turned 70. And then he says, wow, you look good for your age. I mean, I think you're around 65 or something. None of this is a compliment, okay? Accomplice all. 
I think some people think they have the gift of criticism. This is my gift. It's not a gift. You don't have it. Pastor Greg Laurie will have the second half of his message in just a moment. It's a joy to hear when Pastor Greg's message of hope and his movie, Jesus Revolution, have made a difference in people's lives. Hello. I listen to Greg Laurie. My church showed the Jesus Revolution movie. It was so awesome. I think um, Greg Laurie, how he came to the Lord in high school was so super wonderful to hear. I listen to him all the time. Well, during the Jesus Revolution, I found the Lord at a church down the hill that I lived at. I am so thrilled to be a Christian. I'm a widow for four years and nine months, and God got me through that. And I give God all the glory for how He's changed me and made me so grateful, thankful, and blessed. So I just wanted to thank Greg Laurie for doing such an awesome thing on the radio, and I thank you so much. Do you have a story to share? If so, would you consider calling us and letting us know? Call 1-866-871-1144. 866-871-1144. Well, we're considering the power of our words today as Pastor Greg continues his series called Walk This Way from the book of James. Let's continue. We should use our words to praise God when we open this service with worship. I hope you were all worshiping. Because this is one of the reasons God has created you. You're wired to worship. It's the highest use of the tongue. David wrote, Thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee. I'll lift up my hands unto your name. It's not enough to just think it. Any more than it's enough to think you love your parents or you love your siblings or you love your husband or you love your wife. That's all great. When's the last time you told them? Verbally told them, oh, by the way. And you don't even have to preface it with that. But just say, I love you. And maybe tell them why you love them. But it's a good thing to say. Ephesians 5.19 says, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, uh, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Hebrews 13.15 tells us to give the sacrifice of praise of God. You know, some people think, well, that's sort of fanatical. I'm not really into lifting my hands in church to God. Oh, really? But you go down to the football game and when your team scores, you freak out. You're painted. Your face is literally painted in the colors of your team. You probably have their logo on your shirt right now. You know who I'm talking to. You're, you're, all, you're good with that, but oh, say something about Jesus and express your passion for Christ. That's excessive? No, I don't think so. We should use our tongue and words to preach the gospel. You know, Jesus did not say, go into all the world and be a good example. That's not to say that we should not seek to be a good example. And in fact, when you are a good example, in many ways it earns you the right to share the gospel. But to the point, Jesus did not say go into all the world and be a good example. He said go into all the world and do what? Tell me. Preach the gospel. 
Now, when we use the word preach, it doesn't mean you have to yell. You can preach quietly. You can preach conversationally. You can preach on a keyboard, through social media, through text, through other means. But the idea is to communicate verbally the gospel. That is how God has chosen to primarily reach non-believers. Hebrews 10, 14 says, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them, tells them, So my job, your job, our job is to tell people about Jesus. That is one of the highest uses of your tongue. One last thing. We should use our words to confess our sins. The Bible says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we will confess, that's verbally acknowledge. If we will confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, We don't like to say I've sinned. We like to blame it on someone else. We like to blame it on our circumstances. But we need to say, Lord, I've sinned. And we sin every day. I'm sorry to tell you that. Uh, Even James says, hey, we we all make mistakes every day. None of us are perfect. But So of course this is something we should confess on a regular basis. I'm interested to point out that in Daniel chapter nine, we have Daniel leading the people in prayer. And he says in verse four, I prayed to the Lord my God and I confessed, O Lord, great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of loving devotion to those who love him and keep his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong. Now here's an interesting thing. When you look at almost every Bible character, apart from Christ, of course, every Bible character, every man, every woman that God used, the Bible's very honest in pointing out their flaws. But in my study of biblical characters, I've never seen any flaws, though I know they had them pointed out about two people in particular, and that would be Daniel, and the other would be Joseph. Now you could say, well, Joseph maybe shouldn't have done this or said that, But really, you have sterling examples in these men. Daniel was such a man of God. And yet he said, let's pray. And he said, we have sinned. He didn't say, you've sinned, pointing to the people. Or they have sinned, we have sinned. We have to acknowledge our sin before God. So what's the best use of our words? Number one, to build up, not tear down. To encourage, not discourage. Number two, to praise God. Number three, to proclaim the gospel. Number four, to confess our sins. And as we close in prayer, I can't think of a better thing to do to ask God to forgive us of our sins. Let me say a word to anyone who has joined us here in person or you're watching or listening, wherever you might be. Maybe you don't have this relationship with Jesus Christ we've been talking about. Here's the bottom line. We're all sinners. We've all broken God's commandments. We all fall short of his glory. We're never good enough to get to heaven because we've all sinned. But the good news is, 2,000 years ago, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be born, then to live a perfect life, then to die a perfect death on the cross for us. He died for us. I love how the apostle Paul said, you loved me and you gave yourself for me. He personalized it. Listen, yes, it's true, Jesus died for all of humanity, But if you were the only person on the earth, he would have died for you. That's how much he loves you. 
He died on the cross for your sin and you must understand that. What a sacrifice he made. And if you'll turn from your sin and if you will admit your sin and stop blaming everyone else and just say, I have sinned and turn from that sin, God will forgive you. Am I talking to somebody here right now that is living without their sin forgiven? Am I talking to someone who's racked with guilt and the pain of your actions? Well, you can be forgiven and you can have a fresh start. This is for a person who hasn't accepted Christ yet. And by accepting Christ, I meet a person who has asked Jesus to come into their life as their friend and their Lord and their Savior. And I'm also talking to people who are believers but have lapsed. They've fallen away, or to use a biblical word, they've backslidden. But here's what God says, return to me, you backsliding children, and I will heal you, says the Lord. So we have to come back to the Lord. I think of the story of that prodigal son that most of us know, who came to his senses, and he came home and said, Father, I've sinned. He admitted it. Will you admit it? Let's all bow our heads and pray. If there's anybody here who has never asked Jesus Christ to come into their life, to forgive them of their sin, I want you to pray this prayer right where you are. You can pray it out loud if you like, but this is a prayer where you're asking Christ to come into your life. Just pray these words. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you are the Savior of the world who died on the cross for me. I turn from my sin and I choose to follow you from this moment forward. And Lord, we all, we all confess we sin. And specifically we admit we sin with our words. We think of things we've said that we should not have said. Words we wish we could retract. Lord, help us to Dedicate our tongues, our words to your glory. To use our tongue, to use our words for what they're designed for. To bring glory to your name. To bring the gospel to other people. And to lift up, not tear down. Help us to be bridge builders, not bridge burners. Help us to be stepping stones, not stumbling blocks. Help us to be known as people of love who elevate others, not tear them down. Lord, we commit ourselves to you. We commit our words to you. Use us, Lord, for your glory. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important word of prayer. And if you've made a first-time decision for the Lord today, if you've asked Him to forgive your sins, well, we want to first welcome you into the family of God. And we'd also like to help you get started in living this life of faith. Let us send you our New Believers Growth Packet. It's a collection of materials designed to answer your questions and help you build a solid foundation for your walk with God. We'll send it free of charge when you call 1-800-821-3300. Call anytime. 1-800-821-3300 or write A New Beginning, Box 4000, Riverside, California, 92514 or just go online to harvest.org and click the words Know God. Well, we're so excited to make available the new film, Jesus Revolution, on DVD. People have been asking about it. 
And Pastor Greg, we've seen questions on social media about what situations in the movie were just as they happened and then situations where they took a little creative liberty, let's say. Yeah. So let me ask you about those things. Here's the first question. Did you really wind up in military school? <laughs> yes, I did. Two times, as a matter of fact, but it's a little different than the film. I went to military school when I was a very young boy in around first grade, and then I went back again in around the third or the fourth grade. My mother, beautifully portrayed by Kimberly Williams Paisley in the film, was living her crazy life, running around, getting married and divorced, partying away. So she sent me to live in military school. Now, in the film, as a young man— I'm still going to school. In reality, I went when I was quite a bit younger, but John Irwin, the director, you know, kind of compressed time frames, and uh, it was a little different. But the technical answer to the question is, yes, I went to military school. All right. Another question. Did you really drive a Corvair? Yes, I did. Did it often not start? Um, you know, actually, it, it was a pretty trustworthy little car. The problem with the Corvair was the brakes, because when you stopped, you had to pump them three times. So as long as you knew when you were going to stop, it was okay. But one time I was driving along and a car stopped quickly in front of me, and I pumped once, I pumped twice, and I was into the third pump. I plowed into the back of this large Cadillac, and the entire front end of my Corvair crumpled up like tinfoil, because in a Corvair, the engine is in the back not in the front. So now the headlamps are cross-eyed and I kept driving it. And finally I was pulled over by the police and they said, uh, you can no longer drive this car. So that was the end of the trusty Corvair, but it was kind of a cool car. I liked it. All right. Did you really tell Kathy if she ever got between you and God, you two were through? That's 100% true. Yes, I said it to her. And the funny thing is, in the movie, she kind of like makes fun of it a little bit. But in real life, she actually liked it when I said it, because in her words, she was looking for a guy she could not control or manipulate, which came as a revelation to me that any woman would ever try to manipulate a man. But she said this to me. <laughs> well, uh, you know, the movie has, has fascinated people. It's inspired people. Many have been brought to the Lord through the film. Mm -hmm. And now we're bringing the film home, quite literally. We're bringing this to people's homes. That's right. You can now have your own DVD copy of the Jesus Revolution film. Now, I know it's streaming. You've probably seen it out there in different platforms like Apple and Amazon. But here's what's unique about the Harvest Edition of the Jesus Revolution DVD. You get the movie. But then you get bonus content you won't get anywhere else, including a special cinematic message I shot on the beach that is designed to be shown right after a person has viewed the film. I'm telling them how they can come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, and I even lead them in a prayer. Mm. So this is a great tool. I think it's one of the best evangelistic tools out there, and I think it's the greatest resource we have ever offered here at Harvest by a Country Mile. So I'm encouraging you now to order your own copy of the Jesus Revolution DVD. Order it from us and start doing evangelistic outreaches in your front room. Yeah, that's right. We really want to put a copy of this in your hands. And we'll send you this new DVD along with a free streaming code to thank you for your partnership right now, your investment so a new beginning can continue to come your way. 
and we'll only be able to mention this resource a short time longer. And by the way, the resource costs us more than we normally pay for other resources. So thanks so much for your generosity right now. You can call us anytime at 1-800-821-3300. That's 1-800-821-3300. Or write us at A New Beginning, Box 4000, Riverside, California, 92514. Or go online to harvest.org. Well, next time, Pastor Greg exposes those things people think are in the Bible, but really aren't. It's a study called Things Jesus Never Said. Join us here on A New Beginning with pastor and Bible teacher, Greg Laurie. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to A New Beginning. This is a podcast made possible by Harvest Partners. So for more content that can help you know God and equip you to make Him known to others or to learn more about how you can become a Harvest Partner, just go to harvest.org.